0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Previously on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks. This is. It's, it, I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, how to be better at it. And I think it came at a really good time, even though I, you know, even though I was bummed that um, I couldn't continue on NBA Tonight and NBA Coast to Coast, I think, you know, in anyone's career, if you're not, uh, if you don't find yourself at a crossroads to kind of improve and, um, you know, the the cliche that a lot of people like using is uh, to, to get comfortable with being uncomfortable, um, then you're going to be in a stalemate. And um, this career is not a, a situation where you can just kind of be, you need to continue to reinvent yourself um, just so you can grow Uh, with the game
1: that was today's guest from her first appearance on buckets boards and blocks talking about the need to always keep learning evolve with the times and never rest on her laurels man only if we knew how apropos that mindset would be for 2020 anyway she's the host of hoop streams from espn and is also one of the top nba sideline reporters on tv And according to Bruce, she is one of the 10 Greatest Living Americans, and you can quote him on that. But first, Darlene, let's run it.
0: Buckets, Boards and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.
1: Buckets, Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the
0: smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt.
1: Thanks, Darlene. Cassidy Hubbard has done a little bit of everything in her years at ESPN. From NBA Tonight and NBA Coast to Coast, she has gone on to host Countdown, The Jump, Hoop Streams, Sports Center, and the College Football Studio on ABC. She has worked on the ESPYs and handled sideline reporting for the NBA on ESPN. She is also the mom of a beautiful daughter whose next birthday will be her second, and she's a friend of the show. Welcome back to Bucket Sports and Blocks Cast. Thanks for coming on.
0: Oh my goodness! I'm so happy to be with both you, Monica, and my my guardian angel, Killer Bee, Bruce Bernstein.
1: I just love how much we all love Bruce. Bruce, are you do you feel the love?
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's shaking his head. Yes, <laughs> I'm speech. I'm speechless. That's how much I feel the love. <laughs> So speaking
1: of our fantastic producer, Guardian Angel friend, Bruce pointed out that it is almost 11 months to the day that we last had you on the pod. And wow, what a world. Lots has, lots have, has changed. Yes. March, I think, 11th, 12th, 13th was kind of where it all went. Happened. Where were you March 11th? The first NBA games got called off.
0: So March 11th, um, I was actually heading into Bristol from New York um, to host what we call raps, which um, means a studio show that wraps around games, so halftime, pre, pregame, postgame. Um, so I was going to be doing raps um, for a couple NBA games that night. Um, I believe it was obviously we had the the Mavs and I forget who they were playing, um, and then the Kings and Pelicans. This the second game um, we saw. Obviously the news. Uh, break during that Mavs game and Mark Cuban's face um shocked when the, when the season got suspended but I was was heading into work and we were actually going to do this experimental type um uh raps where it was going to be me and um Omar who's like the head of our um you know sports center Instagram account and we were going to be doing these like fun um social media type like updates and then the whole drive in here, I'm like, I'm, you know, obviously paying attention to the news and there's discussions about, you know, like what's the NBA going to do to deal with coronavirus? Uh, and, you know, there's, there's already talks about, or having no fans. And, you know, I had been hearing from sources on my way up there that, it was very likely that they're going to suspend the season. So I'm, I'm, I'm calling, you know, the producers of that were working on the games and I'm like, cause I would be cutting into their games. I go, how do, what kind of feel do we want with these, this kind of like, um, you know, goofy, if you will, fun off the cuff cut-ins that I'm going to be doing to the games. Do we feel like this is the right mood? And then that's when the conversation kind of, Started among the producers on the games and then the producers on the studio side. I mean, everyone's kind of at this point in time, if you can transport yourself back to March, we're all just reacting yeah. and, you know, feeding off of like the, the latest news, which is actually not too far from where we are right now. But, um, and so it went from I was in the car, I got in the car being like, huh, this is, I don't know if I feel right about this, to more and more conversations with people and around the league and producers. And I was, half an hour away from from Bristol. And it takes it took me like it takes probably like two and a half hours to get from my house to the Bristol campus. And I got a call from um one of our producers in charge of the raps It was like, yeah, we're not we're not gonna do your style raps. You can turn around and go home. <laughs> and I'm like, go, you know what though? I was I was relieved. I was I thought it was the right decision. I was, you know, I was pushing to um to say, like, oh, we need to we need to be be aware and ready for, um, you know, th- something big to happen. And so, um, I guess Scott Van Pelt was always going to handle some of the raps, um, as well. I was kind of really going to be doing this experimental thing. And so, on my way back, I, you know, I just uh, started paying attention was happening on NBA Twitter. I got home, started watching games, and then, boom, I saw what was happening in the Oklahoma City game and then then it all kind of happened was happening at the same time then we saw Tom Hanks tested positive for coronavirus and then you know I'm turning on and watching Ryan Rucco and Doris Burke and they're talking about everything that's happening with the Thunder and then as I said you know we were seeing Mark Cuban learn of the news that the 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 um season had been suspended
1: um and the rest is history well. Man, I, I just remember I was in New York. I, who did the Knicks play that night? Because I had Knicks pre- and post and then we were doing our show afterward. Oh, and that no. that feeling, you're right. Like oh. I remember doing the 150 and being like, Are we like, is this real? Like it was just such a weird yeah. feeling. And I was like in New York and like my boyfriend's there. So I was like, um, you're not coming back to the hotel, are you? Like, I'm coming to you like I'm terrified. Like honestly, I'm like really yeah. concerned. Yeah.
0: I was. I was I I I I And I think it's just, you know, also being in New York um, has, I have a little bit of like, maybe I, I don't even think I'm overreacting, but I I have been reacting a lot to, Mm -hmm. you know, the the outbreak um, and, you know, very sensitive to the news surrounding it. And so I had been at a state even before the suspension be like, "How, how did, it just doesn't make sense how you continue Um, on with the season like if this is a very contagious virus how do you a have fans like that doesn't even make sense but you're dealing like this is a contact sport Uh, I don't know how you continue with games these are our questions I had heading into it and obviously I still kind of have heading into this bubble um but you know obviously we know a lot more than we did in
1: March it's man (laughs) it was (laughs) funny because I remember one of our producers saying you know the ivy league canceled their tournament already he's right. like and are the smart people so like this thing is coming i'm like
0: yes oh god Yeah, yeah. you know everyone gives the nba to, to be the one that started the you know the domino effect but it really well you're right it was the ivy leagues mm-hmm.
1: um okay so we're all dealing with this life post-covid now um in the midst of a pandemic obviously george floyd Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, those things make national headlines. And voices from the NBA cast, we see taking a very strong stance yeah. on how we best move forward. Um, you obviously work very closely with the NBA. Is that stuff coordinated or is this, this is legit, the voices of the players in unison and they all are obviously Black men, not all, but so many of them are Black men in America?
0: Are you talking about the coalition or are you talking seen about how oh, we're seeing so great. many athletes? Yeah out in the streets protesting look i you know i i spoke with tasha cloud um, a couple of days ago who talked about how she you know teamed up with brad beal um mm-hmm. and how they put together um you know their unity march in dc um on juneteenth just in in, in, a, in a day or two and right. you know open it up to the public and let and notify them just, just a day before, because they, you know, wanted to make sure they kept it peaceful, but also, you know, had a substantial amount of, um, crowd that they can get their point across. And so just how we're seeing across the country, you know, people are motivated to make sure that they're heard, that this is, that, that they make sure that this is a, a movement and not just a moment. And, you know, people are hurting, Um, And they're tired. And I think also people are are waking up. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a lot of people who obviously have had to face within themselves, like myself included, you know, how much have you been an ally? How much have you taken advantage of this system that um, is is broken and is, uh, you know, where where I am privileged uh, and I have, opportunities afforded to me because, um, I'm not black, you know, or, you know, I, I, I have opportunities that black people don't. Um, and just even understanding that and, you know, simple things like watching, um, 13th or, you know, reading, um, you know, more articles or books or even donating, like these are things that people, people want to be a part of this because whether or not they, they they've actually felt that this is, this is part of their country or they're just learning or being woken up to the fact, um, I think it, it is, you, you, you can't escape it right now. And if you want to, then that, then that's, that's, a, that's a problem with yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's, that's so well said. Um, and, I, and I appreciate so many people like yourself um, having the conversations. I know my ACC network crew, we had a whole call and we were able to discuss mm-hmm. it for me, it has been important to make sure folks know that I wouldn't change being a Black woman for the world. I would not change it. But you got to look at our history and know that it's not a flip of a switch to make all things equal. And so mm-hmm. I'm proud of the conversations that we're having. Um, we still have a long way to go. But those between the moment and time in terms of social justice and the pandemic, we're doing our best to move back to sportscast. And you mentioned the bubble. There's... I know Kendrick, your boy, was like not about it with Kyrie in terms of his potential stance on not going, but I thought you had to give that some admirable weight because the moment in terms of captivating the country's attention as far as social justice has come because of the perfect storm of the pandemic and the divisive nature of the person in the White House. And so to me, to have a conversation in which we discuss not allowing sports to be our pillow, soft, fluffy place to go back and lay down, whether you agree with it or not, I thought you had to give it some legitimate weight because we won't get this moment back again. If pandemics happen every hundred years, like we won't get this moment back.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, as far as, you know, Perk's take on Kyrie, it's, I, it's less about, um, you know not taking this moment to, um, distract from any other, cause you know, I, this is a conversation I had with him and Amin about the, there is this, like the, the playoffs will be a distraction. Whereas mm-hmm. everyone has it's undivided attention between this and what's happening with the coronavirus, you know, we're, we're, focused on, um, making a change. And once we get a distraction like the NBA playoffs, um, you, you just won't have as much commitment. You know, mm-hmm. we know how real life works. Um, people will prioritize themselves again. Whereas in this moment, people who, I, I think of masses are starting to think of others um, and, you know, making sure that they're a part of, um, you know, making things better for others. But you know, once you get a distraction, it just you just fall into place of making things better for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, that's human nature. But as far as Kyrie, I think per... I think is more so just criticizing his leadership and, you know, and that's, that's another distraction. Like that's, that's a prime example of a distraction because, um, and this is something I brought up to him. Are we just, are you feeding into just the drama of Kyrie being a bad leader um, and, or just not having the right words to uh, kind of motivate this, this movement? Not everyone's an, a natural activist and, 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 um, not everyone has the right words to say. Like we talked about how it's an, we're having uncomfortable conversations and, you know, non-Black people in particular, like are trying to be very careful with their words, not offend. But also, you know, I think Black people are also learning more about themselves and learning more about how to be, um, how to speak up uh, during this time. And, you know, that's why I, I like, I do find it commendable what Kyrie has done because he did broach this 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 topic and um and and created this coalition with a guy like Avery Bradley who seems to maybe be a little more organized as a as a leader and um Dwight Howard may have his own ability to um you know like galvanize and get people, um, passionate about, you know, really, really taking the time to understand what's happening and, 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 allowing them to make their own decisions. I think that's, I think like for, for people to be so frustrated with what the coalition is doing, I think is so short-sighted and, um, you know, people saying that they don't have a plan, they don't have a plan. Well, you know, if we had a plan to, for social injustice in in whatever, three weeks that it has come for them to decide that, hey, maybe I don't feel this comfortable, then this country wouldn't be as broken as it is. It takes time. It takes conversation. It takes conversation within your own community. And I understand why you know like maybe Kyrie could have gone about it the uh, um, the right way like you know he did have a vote with the players association he could like i don't know maybe he did talk to Chris Paul maybe he did talk to Michelle Roberts i don't know but from what my understanding is the people are upset that he went behind their back but at the same time i just don't think that there is a roadmap for this you know like we are in an unprecedented time in our country and so you know and we're working off of emotion which like, in sometimes emotion is what you need to express first in order to get to, um, you know, like an actual plan or, and I think that they have proposed that, like, we want to see some more changes within the NBA before we agree to go back. And to me, that is a plan that is saying something like, why not, you have leverage right now. Um, you have leverage to make some real change and like, and, and, and for people to say, well, how are you supposed to, you know, end systematic racism by sitting out? No, like you end it by, by forcing people to make um, law changes or, you know, um, changes within their organization. And so I see, I see what, what Avery Bradley and Kyrie Irving and Dwight Howard are trying to do with this moment. Whether or not, if you want to like grade it and say, you know, how they went about it right now is like, a, like a C, like, what's the point of that? It, it, it get to the core. You're getting distracted at like, this is a moment that they're trying to take advantage of um, instead of just going right back to work. They have the leverage. This is, this is, the time is now. Um, and so how do how do you take advantage of that and make, make this country better, um, make the MBA better for um black executives black head coaches and for a um you know a i was going to say student body i'm trying to think like a, a player great. body think of the word. Yeah. like a league would yeah. be the right word which is predominantly african american so um the, the time is now uh, and I, I i fully support what what they're what they're doing and look th- they, they we're going to i don't know how much how many people are going to see made the decision to sit out on June 25th, but, um, it's, uh, I don't think it should be, um, you know, like under, under underappreciated that this is, this is going to be a hard decision for a lot of people.
1: I love what you said though about the work, right there. This is an emotional experience. And sometimes you got to get clear of that before you can move from a scientific method methodical approach. Um, but you gotta be willing to get your hands dirty. Like this, and, and then part of this conversation has been, how can I be a better ally? And you're absolutely right. Cause I found myself reading and wanting to support statistics because you can't come at it at emotion from an emotional place and best captivate your audience. I gotta give you some numbers. I gotta help you look at history, mm-hmm. um, but it costs. And I think for whatever reason, our society is so much yes or no and it's not that it's not no. just that i think two things can be true in this case covid is unique and if you've got small children or people at home with pre-existing conditions and you combine that with this moment in terms of social justice this is an opportunity and so i think people have to look at the whole pie as both nba and WNBA players are opting potentially not to go and rejoin like there are there's a risk here and i personally I'm like well what about the society that was celebrating kevin love for everybody goes through something like everybody goes through something we're all going through COVID, and the way that this is taxing on people or where their hearts are it's not for us to judge like right enjoy what you get when we get back to the bubble but in the meantime like if you don't have anything productive and encouraging to say like you i you can't judge another person's heart and that's the part of all of this that i'm like y'all gotta relax
0: yeah, this is not what you this is what, not what they signed up for you know right. like like I understand everyone wants the NBA back and and quite frankly, without the NBA returning, it will have detrimental um, impact on the future of the league. And, you know, as far as obviously we're, you know, the salary cap's going to take a huge hit, but just, just as far as the financing of the league, it, just like how we're seeing in, throughout of our, our economy, um, if it gets shut down um, again, but like, I just, it, it, it you're you're seeing, you know, cases with like Trevor Ariza. Obviously, no one can, um, you know, judge him for choosing his family over, um, you know, entering into this bubble situation. And then you have a guy like Davis Bertans, who you know doesn't want to enter it because of um, a, you know, he doesn't like he doesn't want to mess up his his free agency. Um, and then he doesn't think that the wizards are going to um you know, I don't know if this directly, but I would think because they don't have a great chance of making the playoffs, he right. weighed options. And it's like, why would I enter into this bubble situation because it is like when you read the one hundred page safety plan, this is not just like, okay, I'm gonna you know let me get back to um basketball, yeah, I mean it is it is weeks of quarantine mm-hmm. it is it is separation from your family um and it, it's 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 daily testing, uh, and and there's it's it's going to be really hard, you know. Adam Silver said himself, so I could see why there may be some criticism. We saw, you know, um, Evan Fournier call out uh, Bertans on, on Twitter, it, like there is some selfishness um, there. But like I think in this moment, like you're gonna you're gonna have to be a little selfish because you have to figure out what's right for you. Um,
1: uh-huh. And well, I love I what you said. Are, are we calling NBA? Is this an essential work? Like, is this? And I get it. You're right, right. The money's a big deal. But are is this an essential work?
0: Yeah. And the news is like it's because he's had two ACL, ACL tears, and you know he he and he's had a career year, and he wants to protect that. But I I don't think you can minimize him. Also worried about coronavirus and you know the bubble situation. Like I I think it's just. Uh, for you to just take whatever decision people are going to make at face value that is, is, is not appreciating 2020. <laughs> like yeah. there's just too many dang layers to to every decision we're making these
1: days. You're right um, though, Cass, like you just got to respect people's decisions. You, you, you don't know all the details. It's more than just the opportunity to go back and play basketball for so many guys. But there's never like quite a smooth and natural transition from such topics. But let's go to the ESPYs because oh. you and Elle had an opportunity to host the, the pre show this week. Yes, yes. Um, and I, the, first of all, shout out to the whole ESPN team and you guys for making it happen remotely. It's, it's been, how, what has that been like for you working remotely?
0: Um, well, when I was in New York, I'm not in New York right now. We were able to get out of the city. It was hard because (laughs) I'm in like a two bedroom apartment having to coordinate with my husband when to keep our toddler quiet. Um, so she's been, she's, she's made some screaming appearances, uh, on some shows. Um, but I, I, you know, the only, only door with the like a, the only room with a door is our bedroom. So I'm like tucked in our, in our bedroom with like (laughs) my key light and my computer makeshift little desk that i put together so i mean it's been hard i will say like um having to focus and prep the same way because when i'm out on the road like i'm you know i'm working i'm that's that is that is what my focus is i'm able to to you know really like buckle down um read everything i need to read at home You just, you just always available, you know, you're just, it's not, you don't have the ability to, to specifically as a parent, um, to really give the same type of focus as you are when you're at work. And, you know, there's been so many times where I'm feeding my daughter while also prepping and doing my makeup at the same time as I have a show in five minutes because my time management is different. Like I just I can't like sit and read all my articles because I have to, you know, feed, uh, like bathe and, you know, watch my daughter. Um, It's just I, I. like I know cry me a river and, and, and bring out the violin, but really it has been a little it's been harder for me to really be as sharp as I wanna be on these shows. And then also it's a little it's it's strange. There's no energy to feed off of like I'm there's no crowd in the background or even like being in a studio um around, you know, like in front of a camera. There's just like there is a presence when you're when you're filming. Um, you know, in a studio, it's 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 it, 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 it. There's some awkward moments when you're sitting in your bedroom <laughs> having a conversation, but we're all adjusting. We're all we're all in the same boat. So you know, how much of this, I,
1: I just want to keep in mind how much of this do you think will be retained even once we get cleared?
0: What do you mean? Like, do you uh
1: the Zoom part of all of this? Like, will oh, we
0: I think more- a lot. I mean, because. I, I I think people see how easy it is to um to work remotely. And mm. I just don't know what our future holds. I think I think the normal um life as we we knew it is gonna be no longer. Um mm. I think not to doomsday, but I just you know, I, I think um I think we're all gonna be affected by by this moment in time as we should be. I I don't think we're going to see a lot more like shaking hands and high fiving when we do get get together at games. I don't know when we're going to be able to get together, go to games, and there'll be fans there. Um, I I think I think it's going to be some time, and and we're seeing how people can still make television. We're just talking about our small little media world um, from their homes. uh, Technology. It's kind of interesting that like all this is happening in you know in a year like 2020, which sounds just like the future, even though it's right now. Um, but like, you know, the, 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 technology is at the perfect point where things are, you know, even, even when zoom isn't working perfectly, it's still, still working. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, I think a lot has, uh, I think we're seeing the creativity of, of people, um, mixed with, you know, advanced technology is helping life kind of continue on like yeah. the draft alone the NFL draft was a marvel. What what we did, I still can't believe that that we pulled that off.
1: Yeah, the NFL the NFL draft and the WNBA draft both were Yes. Yes. Uh, so impressive. All right, so on that note though, Cass, you obviously your role is NBA whether you're doing raps or whether you're sidelined. I don't know what you can share, but what are they telling you guys if you know the bubble's coming back and there's going to be broadcasts?
0: Well, let's let's put it this way. Um the NBA still has a lot more questions than they have answers okay. and we're following the NBA's lead. So um, they, they, we're, we're going to figure out how many players are coming back, what that means. We're seeing obviously numbers spiking in Florida. So as it, it, this is a moving target, like even yeah. though there are set dates of returning mm-hmm. I think decisions about infrastructure and how, like the show will go on are still being figured out there have been conversations on our end but really it's just kind of like hey we're planning um but we can't really tell you yet what 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 it is because we're waiting on the nba to see how much how many people are allow us in the bubble which is understandable yeah yeah because we don't even know like what this bubble is going to be i think a big i think a big question is you know with the numbers rising is it smart to allow the Disney staff to come in and out? Is it smart to let anyone come in and out? Uh, so, and that's a problem with players. Yeah. With
1: Listen, you—we just talked about you and your lovely new job as a homeschooling pre-K teacher. <laughs> as like, would you know, Cass?
0: Like, I, I will say, like, I—it's—it's it's so hard, Monica. Like, it's so hard to think about because this is a. Um, this is a is it's it's one of the it's history you know i were just if i were even because i've been i've been married for a very long time so i can't say if i were a single like by myself if i if if me and my husband didn't have our daughter Mm -hmm. like i i i don't think i would hesitate to want to be there but it's different like i don't want to be away from my daughter for that long and i also don't want to keep my like. I I want to stay married. <laughs> if I were to leave my daughter with my husband, I don't know what will happen. It's, it's a hard decision, and I, I haven't you know been posed with that yet. Um, so we'll like we'll see. But I I will. I think this is a moment, in time to be in that bubble to be able to like to. I mean, I probably won't have direct access, but just that experience of yeah. that you know hopefully will never happen again in the NBA. Yeah. Um, be um. Extraordinary,
1: yeah. I mean that's real though, Cass, and like I'm sure you can relate to players saying the same yeah. thing. Like small kids, what that's real. literally. I'm like, yeah, I'll go because it's just me. Like the dog can stay with my parents, but it's just me, so I get it. <laughs> yeah,
0: Cass, totally. yeah. It's um, it's not easy. That's why. That's why I'm saying, like, even who knows what what's going on with with Hans. I keep bringing him up because you know people just want to point out he's just worried about the money. There's just it's. to say that it's just about the money. is just like ignoring what reality is in
1: 2020. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, this has been such a great combo. You guys hoop streams. You guys have still been working remotely from home. Yes. What has been since I know a lot of the combo has turned to MJ greatest combos, whatever, what has been the most memorable conversation not having to do with current basketball? Like, Debate, argument, go, argument, whatever. Has there been one that was like that was good? Considering we don't have any real live sports.
0: Yeah, um, man, you know, we what we did early on, um, in the quarantine life was we we would we would have these primetime classics on which we you know on ESPN which we'd re air, um, some of the best you know recent uh, championships, um, or games, and so we would have like different uh, guests on um and i, I the, and so like just I, I didn't think like reflecting back was going to be as like like engaging but it was you know yeah. thinking about some of the the best games that we um we saw recently i would say obviously anything with the last dance kind of captivated me as well um i think there was a lot of conversation about you know jordan obviously perk is all team team LeBron Mm -hmm. um and but the bigger conversation just about like you know Jordan being a role model um Mm -hmm. and you know like what he did for the game and then just kind of his leadership style um and then comparing him to uh you know LeBron Mm -hmm. and I, I know everybody has that conversation but there was I think Everyone has those conversations nowadays, but I think people forgot and this like the, the last dance was it was, was really good to just remind people um yeah. what what Jordan did for, for the NBA, you know, what what how he made, you know, it possible for players to become their own brand. And if you, you know, see a, if, if you see a lie in that, in that, that sentence and you, you didn't watch the last dance Mm -hmm. or you don't know the history of, of, you know, Michael Jordan. So, um, I, so I think the the best conversations, obviously, you know, like always Jordan versus LeBron Uh, (laughs) with with more layers to it. And then also like about Pippen And, Mm -hmm. and he may be my, um, colleague but there were some moments you know in the in the last dance where you know it wasn't like you wanted to defend him because he's such a great guy he really is and he's a great teammate when you work with him but some of those some of those you know quotes that he had in the last dance like didn't shine the best light on him and so then i think also it made you question is this a fool's documentary or is this just a jordan documentary um so, yeah, like I said, I could go on and on about the
1: last dance like I did for five minutes <laughs> when I had, I had the <laughs> same conversation. My thing, Cass, was like, all right, if I'm honest, I'm 30, my first personal real memory with Jordan is Space Jam. So for me, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, wow, like, th- this dude was, like, I know he's a he's a GOAT, but, like, to see it, but yeah, same breath. As a basketball fan, then you flip over into journalism mode, and you're like, wait, like, we didn't get the other side of the story when it came to this, that, and the other thing, but yeah. overall, it was a great production, but I do think um you got to remember that his hand is on it in terms of the production.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. And I, I will say like, I, you would, it just, it just, it it helped fill in a lot of blanks in my mind. Cause I, mm-hmm. you know, I was, um, like 12, you know, 13, 14, like as much as I was a huge fan of the bulls and, you know, being a bulls fan pretty much shaped the rest of my adult life um as far as my career you just you're a kid you know (laughs) like like you don't as much as you are passionate about something sometimes like you you just get distracted (laughs) and so i think there was a lot of things that like i thought i knew and i just you know this this was just such a great trip down memory lane and the nostalgia factor just made me so happy um you know and all that all the jordan love was was in love and experience we'll put it that way
1: I agree. I agree i agree all right so this question just popped into my head as we get ready to wind down our time with you you've been so tremendous so gracious um we're both women in the business you obviously crushing it you know we're doing our thing shout out to women in business but i think we keep mentioning 2020 and there are seniors that graduated in 2020 there are <laughs> graduate students that finished journalism degrees in 2020 um and I think now more than ever, maybe we need to reach back and encourage, I guess. Because I'm trying to think like if I was trying to get my first job in 2020, like, be patient. What advice would you give to young, young people, not just young women, um, but young people trying to get into the business around this time?
0: I know. That's, you're, yeah. You know what? You just, you just motivated me to like, go back into my email and make sure I'm responding to, you know, all the messages that mm-hmm. I've gotten because it is, it's gotta be a really scary time. Um, and uh, my my advice was, it would be to, you know, as we're seeing across all of media, people getting creative, yeah. like, the time is now. Like this, as we're seeing this, this, this um, new generation get real creative if you're paying attention to the news and, mm-hmm. and finding ways to make an impact. Um, <laughs> sure you know so uh you know i use that creativity use yeah. that use that ability to um th- that you're aware of what's like how social media is um changing and the reach that it has in different um you know uh, on different apps and uh you know get, get used to digital shows i i think i i say this even before um you know, the pandemic hit is that when I tell young people, I say media is always looking for new ways to, um, capture the audience of young people. So, you know, get tuned in with that. Like my career started because I was in tune with Facebook and then Twitter. Um, and so now that those are the old people, uh, apps, like, <laughs> like, you know, like make sure that you're finding ways to, uh, like show media companies how you can use TikTok or whatever is next, Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, reach out and, um, and captivate the sports audience because we're all trying to learn. And if you're, if you have an idea, um, then, you know, who needs normal experience when this is not a normal world? Yeah,
1: for sure. I love that. Creativity is a major key. Bruce, before I ask Cass about buckets, boards, and blocks, real quick, you didn't have much to say. This is your girl. Where you been? <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't like, want to
2: interrupt. Your, I didn't want to interrupt your flow. Actually, I did have one question because you know, Cass, we were very lucky that Monica was able to uh, uh, book Scott Burrell to be on the show a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and obviously he was prominently featured in The Last Dance, and and he was, you know, Monica was asking him about, well, you know, was it kind of like borderline bullying the way he treated you and he was very very chill about the whole thing he said look you know michael had the blueprint and he, he i saw how he treated me as motivation even though it was pretty harsh at times so i guess you know what i would ask your, for your opinion on is given that the way players sort of treat each other now it's much more of a brotherhood not just within your own team but around the entire league do you think that the way michael treated his teammates back then Would that work these days or do you, is that like kind of a universal thing that would work because he was MJ or do you think now guys would be like, "Uh, no, Michael, you know, stuff it.
0: (laughs) Um, Well, I think also he kind of picked on Scott Burrell because he knew he was a perfect person to pick on because he just, you know, wasn't going to get rattled. Like, as as he was described, he was such a nice guy. Like, even Michael said, I tried, yeah. I tried, I tried. And he almost probably, like, saw, all right, this is a guy where I can make an example. Like, don't F with me. And I won't, it won't mess up our, our chemistry. Um, and, yeah, it was like, we, we see people talk trash all the time in the league today. And for someone to say that, like, you know, back in the day, these guys weren't buddy buddies. Jordan went and played golf during the playoffs with Danny Ainge. Like these guys had, you know, maybe, maybe they weren't, you know, seen on social media um, having wine together or, you know, on a banana boat, but these guys were friends. Like, don't get it twisted. I mean, you know, like they would play poker at night. So what's the, what really is the difference? You know, just because it was allowed, you were allowed to be a lot more physical back then. That means these guys, um, you know, didn't like each other as much. No, I, I sure like Isaiah Thomas and and Michael Jordan weren't friends, and so you can base that like okay, there were some true rivalries. But there's a lot of guys in the NBA who don't like each other either. Um, you know Patrick Beverly, like you know, and and name someone. Um, I, Nobody I,
2: likes Patrick Beverly except his teammates.
0: <laughs> Russell, you know Russ, Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid. Like these, there's there's. I just don't think it's so different. Um, other than we are. More privy to uh, players' um, social lives via social media.
1: That's a great point. That's a really good point because, yeah, Charles, the whole, like all of those guys were. I mean, you don't, you're not the dream team, and then all of a sudden, enemy. Like y'all are friends. Stop playing.
0: But I didn't even answer your question, um, Bruce. Do I think the players could, you know, um, deal with Jordan's leadership? Well, we see it with LeBron you know there there's there's a lot of drama around LeBron's leadership. Um I just think Jordan today with social media would be very different. I've said this in the beginning like if I don't know how Jordan would be um perceived in the social media era. I maybe he'd be perceived exactly how he was after the last dance. There's criticism of whether he's a good leader, um but no mistake that he is the ultimate competitor so um,
1: but here, here's the thing Cass like I, and I guess reporters have asked I guess I, when I think back on when I think of that question I wonder like Jordan wouldn't be tweeting about his leadership style so would it be his teammates running their mouths to the media or would this be the columnists in the media potentially discussing it like I'm just wondering how much of it would be out of house
0: it's just so hard because it is, it's just a completely different world. I mean, yes, there was so much media around Jordan, but we just didn't consume sports media the way that we do now, which is 24 seven. The news cycle is like every two seconds, we pick apart little things like are you kidding me? The flu game, we would have known the names, the address, you know, the birthday of the pizza delivery guys Mm -hmm. in like the next morning. So there's, there's just too many layers to, (laughs) to like the difference in eras. That's why, you know, being a diehard bulls fan, my respect for LeBron James is endless because someone who was, you know, um, dubbed uh, the chosen one and to not only live up to the hype, but surpass it yeah. both on the court and off the court, um, you know, and maybe if Jordan took the same road, he, 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 like he could do the same trajectory of over, you know, living up to the hype and surpassing it. But I just, it's just two different eras. Like I think you need to really, not only on the court, you really need to understand the, the difference in eras off the court. Yeah. And take them as is, you know, you just can't, you just can't compare them.
2: I, my, my final thought on this, cause I know our time is running short. I'm a, I'm with perk. I mean, I'm on team LeBron. Okay. Not, no, not to minimize MJ's That's greatness. But... Man. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Here's the thing. I always felt from the get go, LeBron truly loves his teammates. He wants his teammates to succeed and sometimes to a fault where he might need to be a little bit more selfish sometimes than he is, but he wants his teammates to succeed. So I would say LeBron loves his teammates. Michael tolerated his teammates. And that's kind of the way I kind of that's 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 the lens I'm looking at this through.
0: Yes, but he also, you know, moving to the triangle. And that type of um play away from like when uh, you know I was playing under Doug Collins, where it was all focused on him that took a little that took you know <laughs> i'm I'm defending Jordan, but that took like wanting to um include his teammates in his success while you know like cut his scoring average down so there's there's something there yes I, like was Jordan a um pass-first, you know, distributor like like LeBron is sometimes? No, but, like, that there, therein lies a, the, a difference in um, the way this game is played. Like, you can be dominant in, in different ways on the court.
1: They both love their teammates to be successful if it meant that they yes. were winning, <laughs> right? right. LeBron, you, LeBron loved his teammates to a degree. He don't love no bum that don't come to work and can't contribute. No. Great. <laughs> right. Right. So Cass, we, you, you may remember we end on buckets, boards, and blocks, but we're not going to do all three. I'm just going to ask you to dig deep. You're going to give me a bucket for 2020. Something positive. There's got, there's some silver lining. There are silver linings to 2020. So just give me something positive in the midst of all of the challenges. That I know I'm you- hoping
0: for or that has been. Um,
1: I'll, either, I'll, I'll let you choose which way you want to go on that.
0: Oh my God. The pressure. one. Me- Dig run deep. In the Humanity. Dig- oh my
1: Humanity.
0: God. <laughs> Dig deep. Um, um, <sighs> I, I'm just, all I'm seeing is flashes of like of 2020, which is not, positive. Not, not good. Know. Okay. Right. Um, I think, I I I think I tr- I believe in Adam Silver okay. to make the right decisions and I I think this season will go on and hopefully safely because we cuz cuz if nothing else we know that Adam Silver is trustworthy and and thinks about you know what's best for his his league so that's my positive thought um <laughs> i like that that's a good positive thought. yes yes i in in adam silver we trust whether you, it's, you know whatever decision he's gonna make that's what i'll that's what i'll put that's what i'll say i guess i like it i like that
1: <laughs> Do you? Like, maybe I'll, I'll text you if I if something if something hits me. No, more. That, that's fine. And I, but I think like it's obviously baseball is setting a terrible example of fraught relationships with leadership. So I think that can't. That's not something that should be taken for for granted. That's legit. We
0: are in desperate times of great leaders right now. Mm-hmm. So I am going to hold on to um, the 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 belief that we have a true
2: leader in the NBA. Boom. I like it. Bruce, you like it? Absolutely. And Adam, we trust.
1: And Adam, Ooh. we trust.
2: And we okay. also trust Adam to talk to the right people, the Michelle Robertses of the world, the Chris Pauls, all the people. He's not making these decisions from standing on the mountaintop. He's getting input from everybody that matters. And that is what leadership should be all about.
0: Yes. And doctors, <laughs> which is that, that, that that's, uh,
2: Oh yeah, doctors, yeah.
0: Number one <laughs> right. Let's listen to our let's listen to our heroes.
2: Those
1: AKA are- our doctors. All right, nurses. Cassidy. Well, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and so thoughtful because yeah. I think um it's we need we need to think through this. Like yeah. there's so many layers of all this happening in twenty twenty, and it's important to take a second and gather your thoughts. Yep.
0: Yeah. Um and I know it's hard because we're all we've been feeling like we're at a standstill for the last couple months, but uh, you know, the the you can't make um decisions, and you know, we're in a time where regret and 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 not thinking things through can can cost a, us a lot.
1: Yes, very true, very true, very true.
0: Thank I- you guys. This was beautiful. I loved being being reunited with my guardian angel, Killa B, and you know. Such such a bright star you are, Monica. Um, I'm rooting for you and everything that is you.
1: Thank you, guys. I really appreciate that. Thanks for coming on to make it time for us. That was dope. <laughs> Thank you to this week's incredibly gracious, kind, and thoughtful guest, Cassidy Hubbard of ESPN. Thanks also to my producer and loyal sidekick and her guardian angel, Bruce Bernstein, and to our terrific editor, Ben Wolfen, who makes us all sound good. Please check out our other Pure Hoops media shows. This week, the Mike Wise Show features part one of his two-part conversation with the one and only Hall of Famer, Bill Walton. I got to make sure my dad listens to this one. Bill's opinions on social justice and society are not to be missed. Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams has a new show each Tuesday. And this week, legendary coach and TV analyst Bill Raptory is their guest. Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Otto Strong and Aaron Berlin is back on Wednesday. And their recent guests have included Lakers forward Danny Green and journalist Sekou Smith. BJ Armstrong is back with Eric Newman on the Pure Hoops podcast, which drops every Friday. And I'm back next Thursday with a brand new edition of Buckets, Boards and Blocks from Pure Hoops Media.
0: All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing.
1: Folks, we are not out of the woods with COVID 19 and this pandemic just yet. So please keep all the various medical professionals and frontline workers, essential employees, in your thoughts. Their bravery and service continue to be critical for our society. They are today's superheroes. Continue to follow social distancing guidelines, wash your hands, and wear your mask to protect yourself and others. Don't be that person, wear your mask. Please continue to work for social justice, alongside our fellow citizens of all races. Open your heart, open your ears. We are all striving for a more inclusive society. If you like Buckets, Boards & Blocks, please subscribe, rate us, review us, and leave a five-star rating. It would mean a lot. Until we meet again, my good people. Wherever you can find them, enjoy your hoops.
0: Buckets, Boards & Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. All oh. right.